43. I offer gratitude to the ancestral and present day tribes located here in Marin County on their unceded homelands, people of the Coast Miwok, the Pomo and Wapo tribes, and also including the Southern Pomo and the Great and Ranch tribe. We honor their encyclopedic ecological languages, their stories and songs, their ways of caring for and being in relationship with all beings and the power of their ancestral healing spirit. So as you might remember, Irene and I were up visiting in Vancouver this last week and we were among the Musqueam and Squamish and Sail-Watuk people. We had to practice that saying that Sail-Watuk, it's not, not easily um, pronounced by the spelling. And I looked into um, their history while I was there. And they are uh, people of the coast, just like you are in this room, people of the coast. Uh, they're people of um, fish spirits and uh, uh, sand supernaturals. They have a, a wonderful figure who um, appears um, with wisdom, often the foam woman, like that uh, she arises out of the waves. Very much uh, involved in the life of birds. So it, it was a beautiful place for us to be and a beautiful Sangha there, the mountain rain Sangha. They have uh, their own um, storefront downtown, uh, which has begun to attract lots of young people, uh, lots of diversity. Uh, and then they have recently acquired a temple, uh, a former Rinzai uh, Zen house um, where now um, Soto Zen is thriving. Our wonderful time with the residents there, three longtime practitioners, uh, a priest uh, who comes from Seattle, uh, um, a man who's from Germany, who's been studying for many years in the Black Forest uh, and uh, has just written a book on Baker Roshi uh, in Germany, interesting to listen to him. And then also a wonderful woman from Mexico who is a composer. And um, at breakfast yesterday morning after Irene had left, she told me that she's composed um, and it has been performed in Mexico twice, um, an opera um, based on the 10 ox herding pictures. Uh, those are famous uh, pictures uh, in the Zen uh, canon. And she would love to see it produced again. And I'm trying to think how you know we might do that. Uh, I really loved who she was. I know Irene did too. Uh, very um, courageous 70-plus-year-old um, uh, person who just moved to uh, uh, Vancouver to be near a son and also to enhance her music career at this time, uh, going to a new place on the water. So, yeah, wonderful. 
So thank you to Irene, who was my uh, wonderful companion. Yeah, thank you. So I wanted to return for our final standing at the edge together. Um, starting again with Dogen. The sound of the streams and the shape of the mountains. The sound of valley streams, the universal Buddha's long, broad tongue. The shape of the mountains is no other than the unconditioned body. This voice of ultimate awareness, the very Buddha, present in the sound of flowing mountain streams and the way they fork, shape, and become color. They are the mountains, the body beyond conditioning of a Buddha. The ultimate, not at all separate from the phenomenal world, what we usually call the landscape around us. So not only awakened sages, but the very mountains and waters, the trails of Bear Valley, the beaches and ponds, the tomato plants, the mycelium, the pink corn, and the sacred messages gathered in dust, all of it, all the holy ones, pouring forth exalted inspiration in odes and praise songs. With this realization, we're like the great poet himself, that Chinese poet, Su He or Su Dong Po. The poet feeling myriads of verses arising and flowing forth from us. And now we wonder, how can we ever share this wondrous vision of awakening with other beings? How can we share our questions? identical to the Buddha's own question upon awakening 2,500 years ago. Could anyone ever understand what he had realized? How could he share the awareness? So for us, having now studied standing at the edge, we are bringing forward our own realizations, having begun to learn more about wonder, to learn more about what happens when we're engaged, when we're respectful, altruistic, and empathetic. What's our life like, enlivened and guided by strong moral principles and a sense of integrity and justice, beneficence, what changes in our world? Well, part of our realization, I think, is that we can face into this world as it is without collapsing in fatigue or distress. Wendy's talk last week about the edge of the edge states, a good caution for what happens to us when we lose our center when we lose our focus on our breath. How can we, without identifying so intensely with what's going on as it is, that we damage our ability to act? How can we not do that? 
well, in our teaching, in our text, what we learned is that there are new ways of looking at this kind of suffering and the suffering of others and how not to increase it. And I particularly loved when Roshi Joan wrote, our suffering can feed our understanding and be one of the great resources of our wisdom and compassion. I'll say it again. Our suffering can feed our understanding and be one of the great resources of our wisdom and compassion. Can be the way out of the storm and mud of suffering. The way back to freedom on the high edge of strength and courage. And that tool, that great tool that she offers us is the tool of compassion. The tool of being with. The tool of not being separate. So as we go deeper into the realization the learning that we've been doing, we see at the root of it all the need to connect, to go deeper, to keep connecting, to not just stop at the edge, and to explore more of our silence and our imagination. That dive into what Joy Harjo calls the inner world, even more immense than the measured world, we've created out of our wants and our hungers, our demands, the things we say we must have, we need. We are wounded, says Joy Harjo, but it's our wounding that gives us strength. We find it there. We realize we have a hand then in revising the story of who we are, who we were, and who we are becoming in the wound. We've all heard that. We've heard about the wounded healer. We've heard about that when we know what is our tenderness, what is the place where we feel broken, that it's often there. We must acknowledge not to, not to dive in and drown but to admit that we might feel lost, that we might feel loneliness, that we might feel confused. Arjo goes on to talk about it as a sort of ceremonial process of healing. She calls it a call and response. She says, silence calls out to us. And I say, you know, in our sitting, in our zazen, silence calls out to us. And then only the kinds of voices that come from the silence begin to emerge and speak to us. It's kind of a back and forth. She says, the road isn't always clear. There can be jams and wrecks of questions, belief brought to its knees, mountains of sand blowing in the wind and fires, so many fires. And we learn in this practice that we and all of us, all of this, are part of the world as it is. So we can go deeper into the realization, 
paying attention to our words, how they evoke movement, feelings, and meanings. How a word with a gesture offers so much. Even a silence with a gesture, the bowing, offers so much. Respect, engagement, altruism. I think this kind of trust in that silence is what we're learning more and more. We can depend on. We can depend on the deep voices in us. We can trust our imagination because in there are the new seeds, the new plantings that Wendy loves to talk about and, and, and enact, bring forward. Stories we receive from these inner world voices. And then we can share our realizations by paying attention and listening. Listening to each other closely, not thinking about what we will have to say next. That's a special kind of listening. So as we become the new generative story ourselves, listening, call and response, silence, listening, acting, the work can be powerful and life-changing. It can be like a prayer that we do. Please give us access to this silence, to this strength, to the imagination, to the new generative voices and stories. Let's ask ourselves to go deep. So in our breakout groups and in our room here today, I want to ask you three different questions. And I don't want to tell you all three to begin with. I just want to start with the first one. And I'm going to do it, but then I want us just to sit for a few minutes. And the first question is, what can I deepen during this time? What can I deepen during this time? 